0: Hello everyone and welcome to Saving Minds, the podcast that uncovers the best of what's new in the search for Alzheimer's and Parkinson's disease treatments. I'm Shanti Skiffington, your host, and today my co-host is Dr. Jim Kupik. Hello. And our guest today is Dr. Steven Saloway, who's widely recognized as one of the most uh, outstanding researchers in aging, Alzheimer's disease, and other memory disorders. He directs the Butler Hospital's Memory and Aging Program in Rhode Island, and is also a professor at Brown University's Medical School. He's uh, played a critical role in the development and clinical research of Biogen's aducanumab, which we've discussed a lot on this podcast, and as many know, could potentially be the first disease-modifying treatment for Alzheimer's disease. And interestingly, Dr. Salloway is also the recently named Rhode Island Man of the Year for his dedication to the Alzheimer's community. So Dr. Salloway, welcome and congratulations on your recent award. Thank you for joining us.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: So Jim, why don't you take it away? You and Dr. Salloway are actually acquainted um, from past lives. So um, why don't you begin?
2: Okay, certainly. Thanks, Shanti. And Steve, thanks again for joining us today. Uh, I I think it's fair to say that all of us in the AD research community thought that 2019 was an exciting but somewhat turbulent year. And in light of yesterday's news about the Diane study, I don't think we've reached a point of stability yet and consistent success in clinical development. When you gave your keynote address at the recent uh, CTAD meeting, you reflected on 2019 and the deep optimism that you have for future Alzheimer's disease therapies. So I thought perhaps we could start off by having you share some of the points you made during your keynote address and what your current perspective is on where we're at now and where we're headed over the next year as we wait for perhaps the first disease-modifying therapy for Alzheimer's disease to be approved.
1: Well, thanks so much for having me. Um, It has been a very tumultuous year um, with uh, good news and bad news. I think my optimism um, really stems from all the progress we've made over the last two decades, not just this past year, in building the infrastructure to conduct a global research program uh, to fight Alzheimer's disease. I think there's been growing awareness of the magnitude of the problem, There's been increasing funding from the NIH and private sources and the Alzheimer's Association, a great deal of advocacy, great deal of media coverage. And then the field has just put into place some amazing research programs uh, that give me cause, And, and have made a lot of progress in biomarkers. And I think we're on the threshold of a therapeutic breakthrough. Uh, which mm. we, which we all want.
2: Maybe we can get to that topic of biomarkers a little bit later uh, in today's discussion. But just looping back, I had referenced the uh, Diane uh, studies reporting out yesterday. Can you uh, summarize that for our listeners?
1: Sure. So, uh, just in full disclosure, um, I've been involved with the Diane uh, treatment unit called Diane TU as a project arm leader for one of the drugs being tested, Ganton AirMab, and have been doing primarily the safety monitoring for that trial. So I'm actively involved with the program. And also our site has been a performance site for that, for both Diane Observational and TU. So we're connected to the program just so that people, uh, the listeners are aware of that. Um, yeah, this has just been a fantastic program, a visionary uh, study, the Diane TU program, the first major trial uh, to read out uh, for autosomal dominant Alzheimer's disease. This is an uncommon form that affects about 1% or less of people with Alzheimer's. It's associated with a genetic mutation that causes early onset. Uh, we built a network. Um, in the U.S., England, and Australia is the first three countries, and now it's worldwide, many continents, to conduct this trial. And uh, I can't say enough about how inspiring and courageous the study participants are. These come from families with early onset Alzheimer's. They've dealt with it in a family member, one or many. And they really put themselves on the line to make a difference in the fight against Alzheimer's. So it's just a very terrific group of people to work with. I want to give them a big shout out. And we put in many. So we created the platform for this. We were able to test two drugs. It's a small sample because this is a, you know, a um, uncommon form of Alzheimer's. So the study size is a lot smaller than we're used to seeing in sporadic Alzheimer's disease and in this study we tested uh, gantanarumab and solanuzumab so two different antibodies and these are for people either who are presymptomatic, um, who carried a mutation or in the early stages of alzheimer's uh, cognitive impairment and um, the primary readout was reported yesterday the primary outcome was a cognitive composite and unfortunately, that showed uh, it did not meet its endpoint. And there are many more analyses to be done. All the biomarkers have yet to be fully analyzed and reported on. And, we, and there are many other clinical outcomes we look forward to. So we want to learn as much as we can from this study. But it, what we can say is for the primary cognitive endpoint was not met.
2: So, I assume the study has been going on for a number of years um, and decision- Yes. So, this study has been going on for a minimum of four years and uh, an average length of five years of participation. So, obviously, it was a very big disappointment for both uh, the research community as well as the patients who had been involved. Got it. Yeah. Switching gears, I know that you and your team at Butler have been actively involved in just about every anti-amyloid antibody that is interdevelopment, if I got it right. I think we first started working together on babinuzumab and panuzumab a decade ago. Um, and you've also been actively involved in the adicatamab work of late. And during CTAD, if I, if I remember correctly, Steve, you indicated that you had enrolled some 60 patients. Is that correct? 60 patient volunteers right. so, in the adicatamab yes, clinical studies? Okay. So what makes Atacatamab work? where the other candidates have failed, including in what we just mentioned, solanuzumab and gantanurumab in the Diane study, as well as their phase three studies that, um, and phase two studies, which were negative a, a number of years ago. Do you have any, do you have any
1: thoughts about, about this? Uh, well, I can speculate. Uh, I can't say for sure. Okay. But um, again, by way of disclosure, uh, I'm the co-chair of the investigator uh, committee for the, for the phase three program. Um, and mm-hmm. I've been involved in the adecanumab program right from the beginning, uh, so as, a, as an investigator and as an advisor to Biogen. So um, I don't have any, uh, I wish I did, I don't have any proprietary interest or stock or anything like that uh, or intellectual property, mm-hmm. but I have been involved in, in the development uh, on the clinical side. Uh, well, it's a really interesting compound because they used to, to identify this, they used a method called reverse translational medicine, where, which is different from other uh, antibody uh, discovery programs, where they looked at a pool of uh, uh, long lived elderly who either had no cognitive impairment or had a form of cognitive impairment that didn't progress very much. So there was something that was resisting. Alzheimer type changes. And they uh, look for a panel of antibodies. And the one that looked most promising that targets the amyloid plaques is aducanumab. And so it's actually a human antibody rather than a humanized antibody coming from mice. And in people that grew out of a pool that seemed to have some resistance to Alzheimer's. Uh So that's unique in itself. Very unique. Right. Uh And another uh aspect of but is that in the we were so encouraged from the phase 1b trial called the prime trial that there was substantial amyloid lowering so looking at amyloid pet uh you know the majority of people had a reduction after a year that probably uh, is below the threshold uh whether we would consider consistent with alzheimer's so the substantial plaque lowering um and in that first trial, it showed that there seemed to be a slowing of cognitive decline compared to placebo. So we were very encouraged that, you know, we could be on the right track. Um, you know, this could form the uh, the uh, give us a biological foothold that we could build on, um, you know. One thing that's challenging here is that there is not a strong association between amyloid accumulation and cognitive decline. There is an association, but it's not robust. And that association is stronger between the buildup of tau pathology and cognitive decline. So we have yet to definitively prove that lowering amyloid, especially in people with symptomatic stages of Alzheimer's, is uh, associated with a clinical benefit. We did, in our experience, the trial, both the, the prime trial and the engaged trial, the phase three trial of adducanumab, was very well received here among our participants. And so people were uh, very excited to be part of the program. They were very dedicated. Again, I can't say enough good things about the contribution that our participants and our study staff has made here, just really dedication over years. We had this of this pool of 60 people, a number of them were on for five years. So I have a lot of experience on open label. So I have a lot of experience with the drug. It, it was overall was well tolerated. People were enthusiastic about being part of the study. Um, and our experience was that as a group, they were doing better than expected over time, that the rate of decline um, overall seemed to be you know, on the positive side. So I was... That was your clinical impression then? Yes, that was just my clinical impression. I knew they were on drug. Well, after the double blind phase, they went to open label and many of them were on for a number of years. So I knew they were receiving drug. And a, and a number of them had a slower rate of decline than expected. Uh, Oh, and I can tell you, this is what the the turbulence of last year, so I was looking for, I didn't know if the drug would hit its uh, primary endpoints, but I was encouraged that it might because of our clinical experience with this large group of patients. And then I was totally blown away in March uh, when we heard that the, uh, about the futility analysis and the study was going to be stopped. I had no, I wasn't on my radar screen. And I was very surprised. And our patients were and families were devastated because they were really committed to the program. And a number of patients you know, we had to stop the medicine right away. And a number of people have declined. The ones who had been stable have declined since stopping the medicine. So it's hard to know what to make of that. But, uh, you know, and, and they're very almost to a person. They're very eager to. Uh, go back on the drug when it becomes available oh. through the redosing study. So, so you know. And then when there, then we were surprised again when the resurrection happened. So quote unquote oh, right. um, in October when Biogen you know announced that further analyses showed that there appeared to be benefit, and that one of the studies was positive and the other one you know had signs of some positive signals in it. And um, so that was fantastic. Cause, you know, Jim, you know, you've been in this field a long time. We don't have drugs that come back uh, after the studies have been stopped. That was unprecedented. No, I, so we're I very excited to, to, to see what's going to happen. You know, what the FDA review will be, what the payer, if it were to be approved, what the payer review would be. That remains to be determined, but we're excited to see it unfold. Yeah, it'll be a very
2: exciting year. Yeah. Shanti, I think Shanti, I think you had a question for Steve also.
0: Yeah, I had a question more sure. from a layperson's perspective, Dr. Salally. everyone is incredibly excited about aducanumab. and I think your point about the patient population and how critical they've been and how much these families have sacrificed um, really can't be understated because sure. it's certainly been a roller coaster ride for them. So just from a a layperson's perspective, it seems like aducanumab worked, but it didn't, it, you know, maybe it, it could be better. And I assume that there will be next generation therapies that do something a little bit better. What do you think uh, the future might look like if aducanumab gets approved? And what do you think might come after?
1: Well, if uh, after careful review, the drug is approved uh, and covered uh, by third-party payers, this would be a, a game changer for Alzheimer's. I mean, this would be the first drug that targets a core pathology of the disease, substantially lowers it. And if it's shown to be associated with cognitive benefit, that would be give us that biological foothold that I mentioned to build on and and really open an era of precision medicine for Alzheimer's. Um, it would challenge us to figure out how to distribute this and, to a large number of patients. Um, you know, it's right now it's a monthly infusion, so we'd have to develop the capacity to give it to uh, uh, many patients across the U.S. and around the world. We'd have to be able to carefully monitor for safety. Uh, and ARIA amyloid-related imaging abnormalities are the main side effect. Um, and we can monitor for that with MRI. But physicians, uh, dementia experts would have to become familiar with that type of monitoring. Radiologists would have to be familiar with what ARIA looks like and how to manage it. And um, so we're looking for, I think this is a wonderful challenge to have. And we'll have to figure out how the cost will be managed Uh, because it's a sizable pool of patients that might benefit. I'm very hopeful that if this were to be approved, that it would also coincide with the approval of amyloid PET and coverage for amyloid PET, which is already approved by FDA. And because we would need to do uh, an amyloid test to see um, who should receive the medicine. And I think amyloid PET is a big advance for Alzheimer's. It's not readily available in clinical practice yet because of the coverage issue, and this would move us a step forward. So I'm really excited about that.
0: Maybe you could just tell us quickly for our listeners what amyloid PET is.
1: Sure. So um, up until recently, you had to uh, pass away and undergo a postmortem examination to make sure that you had the key pathological markers of alzheimer's of amyloid plaques and tau tangles and now uh, through advances in molecular brain imaging we can use tracers with pet scans that act that bind to the amyloid plaques and the tau tangles and can see them and see whether or not the person actually has evidence of alzheimer's disease and safely which is fantastic and we have three tracers that are approved by the FDA for amyloid. This, these were developed, you're talking about a contribution, Shanti, from patients and families. In this case, patients who were terminally ill uh, agreed to have an amyloid PET scan. And then after they passed away, they donated their brain for a postmortem exam. And we compared what we saw on the, uh, on the image with what we saw under the microscope. And that's what led to FDA approval. So this was very moving and high level of contribution by our by the study participants and these these tests are great and we now have the first tracer for tau that's under review at the fda that the fda review is coming up in april i'm really excited about that and hopefully we'll have our first fda approved tau pet tracer so this is terrific now to answer your other question about what's next, I think, you know, if aducanumab gets approved, this would, again, move the field forward and then give us an opportunity to add on with combination treatment. So this this effect is still mild or modest, and we're really going to need to find other targets in addition to the amyloid plaques, this antibody that targets amyloid plaques. So we could have treatments that target tau or other parts of the Alzheimer's disease process In combination with aducanumab. Um, So I think that's what's coming next. And the analogy that I like to use is what happened with HIV. There was no treatment initially for HIV. And then the first drug, AZT, was approved. It had a mild benefit, but people still died of HIV and AIDS. And they also developed dementia and other neurologic complications. But then through a really concerted effort, combination treatments for HIV have been developed that are really quite powerful in slowing down the disease process, and people don't get the neurologic complications, and they live a much longer lifespan. So I'm hoping we can do that. This this might be the first step in leading us to more effective treatments for Alzheimer's.
2: Steve, uh, we're almost at the end of the podcast, but I'm going to try and squeeze one more question in here because uh, your level of optimism is great and I think justified based upon what you've shared with us. One of the things I wanted to loop back to, though, was this availability of biomarkers, and in particular, blood based biomarkers for those of us that are doing research, but perhaps at some point in the future for clinicians that are actually practicing. I mean, you talked about amyloid PET, but I know that there are a number of different teams, commercial as well as academic teams around the world, that are working on blood based biomarkers to demonstrate that you have amyloid in your brain or a tau in your brain using a blood-based biomarker. Can you, can you talk a little bit about where you think we're going to be going with uh, this revolution of biomarkers and how it's going to change what you do for a living as a clinical trial trialist?
1: Right. Well, I'm really excited about the advances in uh, blood biomarkers for Alzheimer's. Um, I think this is going to be another game changer um, and a much more economical way to test for risk of alzheimer's disease there's been as you know jim there's been substantial progress in this field over the last five years i mean this was elusive for many years many people were working on it but all of a sudden we've gotten substantial traction where we have different assays that can test for amyloid and now plasma tau that look really pretty robust Um, so We're starting to use them in clinical trials, certainly in research. And I can imagine before long, once it gets FDA approved, we'll be using these in clinical practice. And it'll be a good way to screen. It may At first, we may use them to see who should go on to have an amyloid PET scan because they will have a high predictive value and will confirm the amyloid status with a PET scan. But I can imagine before too long that this will be the primary test. And we may, unless we need to monitor amyloid PET for another reason, this could be, you know, a specific test for Alzheimer's disease. So this is really going to move the field forward. I think we're going to be able to stage, first of all, we can identify people at risk before there's any memory loss. And we're going to be able to stage the level of pathology or the changes in their brain and hopefully have treatments that help them modify that risk. And I think the whole goal, what I'm most excited about is prevention. So that's what these tools, the blood tests and the PET scans and the genetic tests, uh, like the testing for APOE, APOE genotype, uh, allow us to identify people at risk well before there's memory loss with and hopefully with effective ways to modify that risk. So that's what I'm most excited about.
0: That, that is the hope. And it, it certainly looks like 2020 is kicking off the new decade in a really exciting, positive way. Um, Dr. Salaway, we really appreciate your expertise, and appreciate you taking the time to share it with us and our listener. And we hope you'll come back again.
1: All right. Thanks. Thanks for including me.